What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Saturday Night Live After Show. We're going to be breaking down the Kristen Stewart episode with musical guest Coldplay. She didn't drop an F-bomb this time like she did her first time, but she's still lovably awkward. And who knows? Maybe we'll drop an F-bomb instead. Stay tuned. (laughs) I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz It took everything within me not to just scream the F word. <laughs> I felt it in the air tonight. We're fired up. We're ready to go. As Elizabeth Warren would say, we're fired up. We're fired up. We're going to fight. Fight it out. Fight. Resist. We got this, guys. As you guys can tell, we are amped up and ready to go. I hope you are to to join us on this journey of whatever this episode is going to turn into as we break down the Kristen Stewart episode. My name's Amy Maestri. I love the sketch comedy. I don't like someone on the show, and I like others on the show. And I love this lady right next to me, <laughs> Steph Sabra, comedy connoisseur, badass comedy lady. Connoisseur. It's so funny, because if you guys watch this show with us weekly, you'll know exactly who Amy's talking about. But I you guess know? you'll find out later, because there's no way that there is an episode where you're not, where you don't shade him. This is true. And I just gave you a clue. It's a it's a him. It's a him. It's a him. And Steph's a bra. Love being with you on the show. I'm here. so excited. So excited every week when I get to sit at this desk and talk about SNL for, it, the, for the night. No, it doesn't get any better. And I have like a super charged up espresso drink right now, so I might just drop f bombs periodically throughout this episode. Sweet. Your discretion is advised. Actually, <laughs> we've we, you've been warned. We're ready to dive in now. Uh, tonight we'll be breaking down each of the sketches. We'll go through the night. We'll talk a little bit about Coldplay as well. The musical guest. Um, just kind of give our opinions on the sketches. We have a really cool special segment where I break down the anatomy of a sketch and just kind of talk about the structure and what I thought worked or didn't work in it. Um, And then Steph is going to hit us with some news and gossip that I know this week. You might want to turn the volume down a little bit during this segment. We are fired up on it. Yeah, just a little (laughs) tease. Um, I feel, I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel like I'm against all the media on our boy Che, and we'll get more into it uh, during news and gossip. Mm-hmm. Let's fight. Let's go. This I'm going to do old-timey boxer. <laughs> For those of you only listening and not watching right now, you're missing out on some old-timey boxer moves. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this cold open. Stop, stop boxing for now. Our girl, Kate, is Elizabeth Warren. She's fired up. She's got her Nature Valley bar, and she is ready to go. What did you think about this monologue. I loved, loved, loved this cold open. open. I I thought it was so good. It was refreshing to just have like a fluid sketch and not have... Sometimes it's... I like when there's a lot of moving parts, but it gets kind of too much. Like they're just trying to throw in everyone and add in every little bit that they can. And I feel like they really focused in on her and told like a part of her story that we haven't seen on SNL and I I just thought it was so funny I think that Kate McKinnon as Elizabeth Warren it just doesn't get any better because you already have Elizabeth Warren is so lovable (laughs) and I know a lot of people don't like her I like Elizabeth Warren and I think that she just does she does it perfectly 
Yeah, there's something about the energy of Elizabeth Warren that is just so like it's you just want to be around her and listen to her because of that excitement. And Kate does such a good job of taking that to the next level in sketch and still doing a killer impression with the voice and the movements. Now she's always like looking at people and that energy that is just like bouncing off of her all the time. Um, and yeah, I agree that it, it was nice to not have Trump just talking to five million of his closest advisors for a cold open <laughs> and to really stick on this one um, this one topic and kind of continuously playing with the idea of like, oh, yeah, we like that. We like that. We like that. Still not sure if I'm going to vote for you, <laughs> even right down to the end of the Kamala or of uh, Chloe, you know, just saying, well, like, oh, I don't know. Pete Buttigieg seems nice. <laughs> It's so funny because all of the left side, I think, is really conflicted because there's a lot of likable candidates, but no one really knows who to vote for. Like, some people are ride or die. Elizabeth Warren, some people are Kamala, whatever. Booty, 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 (laughs) booty, 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 rocking everywhere. (laughs) But but I think a lot of us are like, we just want to win. And hopefully it's the best candidate, but I'm trying to strategize, so I just need to hear all your points, and then we can make a decision of how we're going to take down Trump in, in 2020. Yes, they did such a good job of showing that through, like, when she was like, do you want to see the math? And then she shows the crazy-ass board of math and saying, I could explain it to you, but you die. That's exactly <laughs> what I tell when people are like, she, she has a plan for everything, except when it comes to the numbers. I'm like, your small-minded brain... And in numbers, including myself, I'm not going to play you. I don't understand. So just give me, like, the bullet points, and hopefully I can trust in you. Yep. (laughs) Maybe by 2024 I can learn some of the the numbers behind it all. I got to say, I like that um, a lot of the top candidates have... have not been going after other candidates. Obviously, as the front runners, they don't really feel the need to. And I like that within the same party, they're not attacking each other too much at the top between like Biden, Sanders, and Warren. But I loved that Sanders now Warren she gets to get saucy in the in this impression. And Kate, when they went after Biden, I just have to quote the one line: "My plan compares favorably because it exists." <laughs> I was like, oh. Shade, shade, and, and I love it. What did you say about Beto? What did Beto call her? Punitive? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Just good. I just like this cold open. It was a good start to the episode. Yeah, great energy. And then going into the monologue. So let's talk a little bit about our host, Kristen Stewart. Are you a fan? Have you seen a lot of her movies? Yeah, I have. I am a fan of Kristen Stewart as a person. I, I like... I like Twilight. I don't care what anyone says. I think that I didn't read the book, so I know people are like, "That's not how how Bella was supposed to act." I don't care. She did she did enough for me. I liked her there. Um, I think I I I like a few of her other movies, but I do love that she played to the what everyone thinks about her is that she's like angsty and always nervous, and everyone's like, "I don't know if this is a bit, if this is part of the character, or if this is you just going on screen and not really knowing how to differentiate the two. And But as a person, I really like her. I feel like she's been outspoken in the right way and very open about her sexuality and just really not giving any Fs to the haters. Yeah. So I love that. 100. I, I like her a lot, too. And I, I love that the first time around, 
Um, it was kind of the same, the same bit, but a different way, like in the monologue, because it is kind of playing up to that, like kind of that angsty side of her or what people think about her in a lot of ways, too. Um, and I think this time they did a great job of kind of poking fun at the fact that, yeah, she doesn't like being on stage by herself. She's not a stand up comedian. She's not someone who likes to go on stage and do a solo performance. She's an actor. She likes being part of a scene. She's not like keen on just standing up there and being like let me talk about myself so i think this was a fun way to do it but then to flip it around and say um we're gonna do one of those q a monologues and then her just start to ask really personal questions of the audience members i thought was a nice little twist um what were your thoughts on the monologue itself this time around i thought it was pretty good i like that they kept it short because they knew that wasn't her strength there was no need to make that longer than it was i love the play between her and pete because i i think that's a really funny pair just because of pete's problematic past and Kristen's outspoken present they match up in a really opposite but good way and just the idea that she's like no i don't need to ask you anything yeah you already know everything you literally air out all your business (laughs) publicly so uh, and I gotta say, your boyfriend, Kyle, um, when he comes out with Beck, <sighs> the way that they always bring such weirdness to everything they do, and just, like, the fact that after Kristen said they looked good, that they just kind of held each other and looked into each other's eyes as they jumped up and down around the stage, I was like, I just, I just love them. I love them. <laughs> I love them. Oh, yeah, let's jump into the first sketch. Um, so, the women of, of, of World War II, and uh, <laughs> they're trying to find a poster girl. We got Rosie the Riveter. We got Donna the the Shell Shiner. Um, clearly not obvious choices when you have uh, the the slugging women <laughs> played by Kristen, Kate, and Eighty. Uh, we talked last week about how much we love seeing Kate and Eighty together. We got to see a lot of them in this episode. I think obviously Lauren was listening to our show. Yeah, thank you for listening. It's so good to hear that. Even in New York, we're being viewed. Exactly. Yep. I like that. And I like that he's taking our idea seriously. Fire Keenan. Anyways, <laughs> to talk about this sketch a little bit more, <laughs> what were your overall thoughts on this one? I love this sketch. Uh, the past few weeks, I've kind of had a problem with the first sketch picked because I don't think that they've gone with the strongest. I think in this case, this was top two sketches for me, and I think it was so funny. I thought that they all played in, they all did their characters justice and like stayed with their accents the entire time through. It was a funny premise, really good t- tempo, and I thought it had a lot of funny punchlines. And I just love those three together. Yeah. I, I like, re- it made me think of Charlie's Angels, and I'm like, this is something I could watch. <laughs> You're like, they screwed up this new casting. <laughs> Kristen Stewart's fine in the new Charlie's Angels, but where are Kate and Eddie? <laughs> no, I agree. It kind of reminded me, you know, there are a couple different Gilda vibes that I got, actually. Some Gilda Radner vibes in this sketch and later on that I'll talk about it, too. But um, there was that sketch when they, like, reversed the roles of construction workers back in the 70s in the sketch. And Gilda was just, like, the yeah! grossest man ever. <laughs> and again, those, like, thick New York oh. greasy accents. And it kind of reminded me of that. And like you said, the way that they stayed in those characters, the callbacks to, like, making fun of Mikey for being a coward to not go <laughs> fight the <laughs> a lot of fun callbacks throughout the whole thing and that the hypersexualization, but also masculinization of them as women like construction workers so to speak or i don't know what exactly they were doing working with drills <laughs> something i don't do <laughs> i loved it I, I loved it i thought it was it was hypocritical and funny and just done well and those characters uh, 
it shows when there's a really great character. I would love to see them in other scenarios now, too. You know, just because, again, it's very specific, obviously, to that sketch for that era and the purpose of the actual premise of the sketch. But just because their characters were so fun to watch and they were so committed to them, I would I would continue to watch them. And that's mm-hmm. like, I'm talking about a character sketch. Me that's too. That's it. I see you guys in the chat. Love you all. And you guys are questioning whether we like Keenan or not. I like Keenan. I do think that he should be doing movies and, like, maybe start transitioning out of SNL. Um, my partner here, though, feels very opposite of me, and you, as you tune in with us weekly, you'll get to know, but I do want to say thank you guys for tuning in with us right now. We love you guys. You make us the ESPN of TV talk. We get to come here every week and talk about the greatest show ever, SNL. One thing you guys can do to help us is, if you're watching, hit that like button, leave us a comment after this video's over, and if you're listening, give us those five stars, leave us a review. We love to keep the conversation going past this after show, so thank you guys yes thank you we do love doing this and listen even if you like keenan i'll still talk to you like i talk to stuff all the time (laughs) see i'm i'm not that bad we're friends (laughs) (laughs) don't worry this isn't just an act and we don't hate each other as soon as we finish this show because of keenan anyways Uh, no, keep the conversation going. We love hearing from you guys um, throughout the episode and like Steph said afterwards as well. Uh, let's talk about talking to kids. Let's add about how to talk to kids. Do you like kids? Um, That's a no. Sometimes you know it depends if they're well behaved. No. <laughs> I talk to them like full grown adults and if you can't understand me, we don't need to be having this conversation, you little child. That's how. Next! <laughs> Give a tear and kill them. I Next. have all these little cousins. That, uh, my mom's one of four, and my dad has two siblings, and they're all younger, so they all had kids at different ages. And I have little baby cousins from one to ten years old, and they're I, I don't understand any of them, no matter what age they are. Until they're about 12, where I can start being like, yeah, you're a queen, you're a queen, 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 <laughs> and like raising them up as little women. Until then, I don't know what we're doing here. I have stuff to do. You're wasting my time right now so i would need this duolingo app like this is such a good premise and i feel like in the writer's room they're like i bet you kristen's bad at with kids like how can we build off that yes (laughs) also i just got a very clear visual of you just like chasing 12 year old girls around going queen 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 queen, you're a queen and say it back to me right now you're a queen build other women up (laughs) i love it i'm into it um no i agree i think the the kind of like uh what? Oh gosh! What? I just got shaded in the chat. <laughs> Fatly, um, roller coaster rider said, "Well, Steph is only like twenty three, so she's practically a kid." Okay, <laughs> I'm not twenty three, but <laughs> compliment. But maybe the maturity of a thirteen year old. Who knows? It depends on the hour. <laughs> During the SNL hour, I think we both become thirteen. Oh yeah, less easily. Yeah, yeah. ten. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I think you're right with uh, Kristen Stewart being great in this because of her delivery and kind of that, like, not not even awkwardness, but just not really sure how to approach it. Um, so I think she did a good job of not overacting it either. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like a dick or she wasn't like so uncomfortable that she didn't know what to do. It was just that, like, 
yeah, do you wear clothes? <laughs> yeah, that first part was so good. <laughs> that, that, that first line right off the jump of setting everything up for the sketch. But yeah, she's bad at this. Yeah. But not so bad that it's like, you know, it's. I, I feel like they did a good job of finding that balance. So it was just like perfectly awkward enough. I know. I'm like over here being like, so what do you think about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict? And <laughs> my little cousins are like, stop talking to us, Steph. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, meanwhile, the the line uh, when they're say- when they gave all the examples of different times that you need to understand what's going on with kids, and uh, when when a child falls in front of you on a sidewalk, that actually happened this weekend at brunch, and all of my girlfriends went oh, and I started laughing. So I could use this app. Oh wow, <laughs> we have so much in common. We'll figure it out. We'll get the we'll get the kids Duolingo app. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. there. We'll get there. But this was actually I think this was one of my favorites of the night. I just thought it was really well done and funny and very on point to like those types of commercials too. We talked about this. I thought this episode had a really really strong first half, and then I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, true. It, it really did. Like you hit a wall in it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I guess. This is a different episode now? Yeah, I was watching the latter half, and I don't think... I think I maybe broke a smile once. (laughs) I was mostly just looking confused the whole second half, I think. Yeah, interesting. Cool, cool. Interesting. Well, speaking of one of the last, I think, really strong sketches of the night, or one one of the last few, um, the next one we are going to save for the anatomy of a sketch, the Kalur. Kalur! Will we break it down that Kalur? Um, what's it called? Balls and chain color? Yes, balls and chain color. Very it, expensive. It's yeah, ten thousand of a can of can of like, jewels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're doing great, guys. Uh, let's talk about. So we're gonna skip over that and talk about this. Um, the dog hero sketch essentially started off with Kellyanne Conway, which I love when Kate does her. Um, it's, she's creepy as hell, anyways, in real life. So Kate just upping that creepy level. When she gets to do her is always lovely. Um, what did you think about the the dog hero Conan? You know what? I read some articles that said this like revived the night. <laughs> I did not like this at all. <laughs> I, I think I laughed the hardest when they had the little paw hands and he was drinking the water. But I just didn't. Or when Cecily was was laughing a little bit, I thought that was funny. But I didn't think any of the actual premise of it was funny at all like you know it's funny i read the same things like before i watched the episode that it was like the best of the season and all this and i'm like oh wow all right i'm excited and i I didn't see that (laughs) best of the season what like i definitely i liked it more than you did but it was not even my favorite of the night like i enjoyed it i'm also a little i'm always a little torn whenever there's sketches with dogs because i don't know if they're actually enjoying it or not like it's there's a lot of people a lot of sounds a lot of lights i do like whenever cecily is doing it though because i know she loves dogs so like i feel like she's probably going to do her best to try to help you know help keep them calm and you can kind of see it in sketches too um it kind of reminded me of one that they did a while back when they created a machine that could hear what your dog was thinking and the dog ended up being a trump supporter and they were just like no that that can't be right oh my gosh yes (laughs) kind of reminded me of that i liked that one better but i i could see what they were doing here with the idea of like what dogs would think of certain things and i liked those like simple lines of just like the silliness of it of saying like oh yeah terrorists have guns and bombs but at least it's not a vacuum cleaner yeah like those things are just kind of like silly fun jokes that i was like that's funny it, it definitely was not like 
the sketch of the year so far to me, but I did appreciate the silliness of it. And Conan was adorable. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that big goofy face on yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> overall was was definitely not what what I was waiting for it to be. I think. So uh, we had another digital short. Uh, your boyfriend. Kyle Mooney breaking yeah. it down and and corporate uh, corporate nightmare. What did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, screw the corporate <laughs> the corporate <laughs> businesses out there. No, I'm just I, I I thought it was a funny play. I it wasn't my favorite. I think that what a crew of angsty people though. Like that, the looks were spot on for them, and yeah. it made complete sense. It just wasn't my favorite. Major flashbacks to like early 2000s. Yeah, like Simple Plan, plan. Yeah. Like, uh, Dashboard Confessional, oh, all man. of those. I, I thought it was gonna, I, I thought it was gonna be better than it was because I do like the whole play on like taking down the corporations, but it just didn't land the way that I would want it to. I think the lines could have been written a little bit better i don't know yeah i agree i think that like the lines weren't quite as punchy as i would have liked them to be i did think it was funny the way that she was finishing the sentences and then it kind of like spread to all of them but yeah like there could have been more there could have been better specifics within how they were responding to the boss once they kind of like crossed that threshold but yeah just for like the the design of it and the aesthetics alone which so often in their digital shorts too kind of saves them where you're like oh it wasn't the funniest thing but it was so well done and they were also committed that it was like it was passable it was even if you didn't laugh that much yeah yeah um so then we have Coldplay are you a Coldplay fan I really respect Coldplay I just I've never in my life searched Coldplay to play Coldplay in my car or anything. Just, just get you going. But I think that they're phenomenal. And I, I thought that they were really amazing. I don't really see the point of them starting in the hallway. Like, it didn't add to the performance <laughs> at all. But I, I do really respect them as artists. And, I mean, they're massive. They're one of the most popular bands of all time. So, yeah. kudos. Yeah, same. Like, I end up liking a lot of their songs. It's, they're, one, they're that band to me that, like, I'll hear their song and I'm like, oh, I like that. Who is that? And I'm like, oh, wait, it sounds like Coldplay. Oh, yeah, it's Coldplay. But, yeah, I, I don't know that I could name, like, a lot of them. It's just, like, every once in a while I hear one, that I'm like, oh, that's really catchy. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoy it. But, yeah, I do I do enjoy the energy that he always brings as a front man. I feel like he is just always kind of like, I'm here, I'm in it, and I like that he does bring, like, a good energy yes. whenever I've seen them perform on anything. He, was, he named one of his kids Apple, I believe. Yeah. Jeff in the booth, can you confirm or deny that allegation? Say that again, Steph. Was is the cold, the lead singer of Coldplay? Did he does he have a, a daughter named Apple? That's right. Yeah, him and yeah. don't him and Gwyneth have a Gwyneth, kid. Yeah. They're no longer together, but I think I've heard that they are doing a great job co-parenting Apple. Yeah, they they consciously uncoupled. Oh yes, that's what it is. Uh, um, Apple Martin, but they uh, Martin very close to Apple Martini. It's the most generic last name and the most interesting first name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like ooh, Apple Apple what? Oh Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so Apple Martin must have been proud of you, sir. I think yeah, I I think little little Apple would be very proud. <laughs> little little Apple. Oh boy. Uh, let's talk about weekend update. Let's talk about our boys. Uh let's do some jokes first. What were some top jokes for you? <laughs> It'll be tricky. Well, um, yeah, it will be tricky because a lot of them, my top jokes, are going to end up in the news and gossip, actually. Um, let's just say a lot of friction. <laughs> You're picking up what I'm putting down. I also loved the... Uh, 
Hold on, let me pull up my notes. What were some of yours? Uh, I gotta say, I loved the use you Arizona punchline. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Changed it to you Arizona, which now sounds like the end of a punchline for someone who lives in Arizona. Hundred percent does. Uh, loved uh, that uh, Trump gets booed everywhere. You know it's bad because even Cosby can still play Philly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they went deep that on that one. Was these. so good, and no one laughed. I'm like, are you kidding me, guys? You know, and, and that was a theme too, because one of the other ones that I loved was that a 2,000 pound great white shark was found off the coast, um, and then there was also another two pa- 2,000 pound great white shark spotted in New York, and they showed the picture of uh, Harvey Weinstein because he showed up at that comedy show. And I was like, and everyone booed that. And I was like, no, they're making fun of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, what? Stop booing, making fun of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I know it's so funny we get and I'm I am a social justice warrior and we get so caught up in fighting the fight that we don't realize when someone is making a point to your fight like yeah. in a good way. <laughs> they called a predator a shark and also a 2000 pound one. They're calling him a fat predator. It's okay to laugh at that. He is a fat predator. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so what else did I like? Uh, the U Arizona was my favorite one, other yeah. than the ones that I'll get to in news and gossip. I will say, too, uh, speaking of Apple, look at the segue, the Apple joke for uh, Rudy Giuliani, that you, <sighs> Face ID can't even recognize the man that he's become. <laughs> Coming with fire on a lot of these this week. Really good. I thought it was a great weekend update. Uh, we'll get into the guests. I didn't... I wasn't particularly that pleased. You know what? Do it. Let's okay. dive in. Do it. You. I was so excited to see Melissa do have like her own bit again because I've been waiting and she is so, like a master impressionist. So we can update is the place for her to try out new characters and new accents or whatever it may be. And I thought it was a really funny premise. I'm like, oh, a genius kid. Like, what is she going to do? Like, totally read them for filth. I'm here for it. <laughs> but then it ended up being a bit about the mom being highly, pre- highly pressured her and saying that she's not the funniest part was saying that she's going to pull her from Ellen because if she can't handle Che then she can't handle Ellen <laughs> but I didn't think any of the lines with the dialogue had punchlines I thought it was just dialogue yeah it was I think they were relying so heavily on like the kind of stage mom aspect of Heidi which was still funny I think they both played off of each other well but yeah there wasn't I feel like enough in it to like really land a lot of those a lot of those jokes i still think the idea is funny of this like poor girl who just can't like is freaking out so much that she can't like remember these things but then i was also unclear i was like so wait is she not a genius is she actually just a kid yeah or is she just like so nervous because her mom's a lunatic and we didn't find <laughs> out really either yeah so i was like and i mean we don't really have to know that but it still kind of bothered me because that took away that distracted me a little bit i will say though this was the other moment that felt very gilda to me because Melissa's so good at doing that little kid voice and just transforming herself yeah, into a kid. Was the and that was, oh God, I loved when Gilda would, do it, both extremes, if she played a five year old or a 95 year old, I would love the really young and the really old that she would play. And Melissa kind of reminded me of her with this one too. So good. And then we have Kate and 80. Uh, this is a recurring character. I know how much we talk about how much we love Kate and 80. These are not my favorite characters from them. For me, it's still enjoyable just because I like them so much together and their chemistry. But it's not it's not my favorite character. It's not my favorite execution of it. it it'll make me chuckle, but you know, that's that's about it. What did you think of it? 
Yeah, I agree completely. And it was funny because they, when they break, it's usually a really funny moment. But they were all breaking, and I didn't think anything was that funny. I think it's because the meat smelled so. Oh, it's like real <laughs> legit meat. I hope they cooked it. My biggest thing is I'm a, I'm a pescatarian, so when they were talking about if you're if you're just like canceling some of it, then fish would be your thing. They were speaking to me, but I'm like. Wow, if that's all real, you guys better be eating that after. Take that to the after party. Don't waste oh. that. It would be so gross and just mean. I know. <laughs> Let's have a pile of raw meat Ugh. backstage that will not get cooked or eaten. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard, Hard pass. pass. Okay, so then it kind of, you know, it took a turn. And we have this jury sketch. Oh. Uh, where their stomachs are growling, and it takes 20 minutes to get to the premise, which is that they sound like a genuine song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it didn't really sound yeah. like the genuine song, first of all. Second of all, did you... Was it guilty? Not guilty? <laughs> what happened? I, I don't know. Like, they were talking about race at one point. They were talking about stomach growling, just trying to get some food. Bowen Yang, once again, was the highlight of the sketch. Only had one line, still the highlight, because the rest just didn't. It, it seemed like it was put together last minute. Yeah. And all they knew was that the punchline was going to be the genuine song. But everything around it was just... Yeah. Noise. Totally agreed. Bowen continues to just... That's when you know that someone is special on that show. When even in a sketch that nothing else makes sense or really is that good, they can come out and just within that small character, that one line, make you actually laugh out loud. And Bowen did that for me again in yeah, this one. He did it one more time uh, <laughs> for the last sketch. I oh, believe. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it was one of those sketches, too, that it gets confusing because one of the biggest things, we'll get into it in the anatomy of a sketch, too, if you're doing a premise sketch or even in a character sketch, Within those that first minute of the sketch, you want to know what it's about. You want to know the direction it's going, or if it's something that's going to come back and give a weird reveal or twist at the end, then that's fine if there's a big payoff at the end and you're spending the whole sketch going, what? But you're laughing because it's crazy and there's mayhem. This was something where I was like looking at my watch at the end and I was like, we're three quarters of the way through this sketch before we got to what was actually funny about it. And it was just that their stomachs were growling. So like you said, it started as one sketch and finished as a different one. And neither one of them ever got to, like, fruition of being funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see you all in the chat liked it. So I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I will give it, again, anything like that, the expressions, like, I, this all comes down to the actors in it. To the way that they're reacting to the sounds, to the song, to everything. So, I mean, I will give credit to the actors in it. That was the part that I liked, the way they responded and reacted to everything. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Next. Next. <laughs> so, um, you you just alluded to this one with, with Bowen at the end of Ego and Keenan's date night that is interrupted by, uh, by Kristen Stewart. What were your overall thoughts? Um, I like this sketch. I thought it ended on a high note. It peaked at its end, which is all I could ask for because it made the entirety of it worthwhile. I thought it was a funny premise that Christian was trying to get in on these two people, but and they didn't seem to be picking up what she was putting down, but I guess they're like 10 steps ahead of her. 
And Bo and Yang came in and stole the show. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable, but I'm laughing. Well, that's what I liked about it was that they were so unaffected by her that at first I was like, yeah, do they just not get it? And then at the end, it's like, oh no, they get it. But like you said, they're ten steps ahead. They're just like, oh, that's adorable. But no, like, we got. You don't own. have any chains or whips around you. We that is just preschool, <laughs> baby. We need all of the. It, it definitely had had that whole vibe to it. Kristen played it really well too, as just kind of like being awkward and wanting them to like hang out but also not going over the top because obviously the whole point at the end is that Bowen is the one that's over the top and they're actually over the top with him but the fact that like they really played it up with like Ego calling it McDonald's and <laughs> that they brought it in there that they kept talking about their crab cakes and Ego's expressions looking at Kristen were just killing me the whole time and then to see the payoff in the end of it that's why was great, but I gotta say the standout line was I stopped listening to music when Queen Latifah started doing talk shows. Oh my god. (laughs) Felt like a betrayal. So good. So good. I mean, I get it. I get yeah. it. It did feel like also a just the premise of explaining what pansexual means is is pretty funny because I think that the older generation has no idea. Yeah, just hearing anything like that, or if they're like non-binary or like anything that's outside of LGBT, they might <laughs> understand Q sometimes. Once it gets to plus, they're like, oh, what no. the. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before uh, we went on air, we were talking a little bit, uh, Jeff in the booth, we were mentioning the sketch, the Titino's Pizza Rolls, last time when Kristen was on, and there was that vibe of her coming over and hitting on Vanessa when she was getting the Titino's ready for, for everyone, because her hung- my hungry guys. And at the beginning of the sketch, it just made me really want to watch that sketch again, but I did end up liking where this one ended up going. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought this was a good one. And uh, then we have the stargazing hike. (laughs) The second they came on, I was like, is this like the Lovas reincarnated? (laughs) It was so weird and so it was funny to me. I thought that I love the play on going like uh, when they made the joke about how he doesn't go down on her or he only expects to be people to go down on him and he won't reciprocate. It reminds me of a lot of our um, old pal ex uh, guest host DJ Khaled. (laughs) I wish you got zero head for the rest of your life dj khaled <laughs> but i love the point they were making about it and how like hyper sexualized and gross they were and everyone's like no no we're with this guy like, we're not with you it was i was so at first i was so taken back so i was just like wait is this the lovers because it reminded me so much of them just being in the hot tub and being weird and sexual around other people but i liked that the turns that it took i will say it was way too long for me i wanted it to be a little shorter because it was just so weird and creepy that i think it hits harder sometimes when it's a little bit shorter but the the reactions mikey mikey is a straight man's awesome yes i feel like he doesn't get enough credit sometimes and i love him as a straight man but also he can play crazy too i mean he he came from groundlings he does big characters that's his thing but he plays a straight man equally as well agreed agreed great point have you ever seen a show at the planetarium at, at griffith no oh you should there's my favorite lady narrates it there and i'm like her fan i don't know her name but she has the best voice ever and she just talks about the stars and she'll say and then they looked up into the sky 
and they saw a bear. And then I just... Wait, I, is that surreal? <laughs> this is real. And it's not a joke? It's not a bit? No, that's just her voice. And she narrates this, like, 40-minute show in this, like, really calming voice that's just amazing. You feel like you're getting read a bedtime story. It's very different from this <laughs> bedtime story that these two wow, presented. But... I don't know which one I'd prefer. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they can join forces. Who knows? Do a crossover. All right. So I think we jump into a special segment. What do you say? My favorite part, everyone, buckle up for Anatomy of the Sketch, where our com- our house comedian is going to break down a sketch and show and teach us some things. Without so, further ado, why thank you, why thank you, you Steph. Listen, <laughs> just, just chill. You just kick your feet back. Uh, so I want to talk about this Pharaoh and Ball sketch, Color. It's all about Color. Uh, reminded me a lot right off the bat of a old Will Ferrell sketch. The Do You Enjoy Luxury? Because it was all about the way that he said it and it was getting repeated. But then what I liked about this is that it got into such crazy escalation and went in a million different directions that it really was one of those great sketches that kept raising the stakes while also going off the rails at the same time, which makes it even more entertaining. The callbacks all the time throughout the whole thing of color and labor and every word that they could think of that would still be able to use that same sound at the end was great and I like that they didn't stay on that same path. When I talk about going off the rails instead of it just being about her weird obsession with this paint we started to get to know these really weird background facts about her. In a sketch you have, well you should only have three minutes but SNL you know, six minutes <laughs> to establish who, what, where, when, why. And you want to know more about the characters. So for me, a lot of times, the most rewarding sketches are the ones that you really get to know where this character's coming from. Because then what's happening in the sketch becomes that much funnier. So when she says really simple lines like, oh yeah, I met him on Facebook Marketplace. And he's now her boyfriend. You're like, oh, I know who that person is. I know who this woman is. You get a lot of really rich context right away. Um, And then the way that they kept going, and it was more and more. And she's a daytime bartender, and she's out of work. And the cat and the paints cost $110 per gallon. And it just kept going and going. And I think Kate, or not Kate, excuse me, uh, AD and Beck did a really good job of matching each other's energy as they just got more and more and more worked up defending herself and him just getting mad about everything um, and then really going all the way to the end of it and realizing just you, you know who this woman is you're laughing at the way that she's saying something throughout it that's doing an actual callback throughout the sketch which is always a great device to use in sketches and the performances were all great Kristen also served her purpose nicely of just being that kind of subdued person and then finding out that she's cheated like it there were so many things happening but it didn't feel like there was too much happening in it so i loved the flow of it i loved ad and beck matching each other and we got to see you know kyle's beautiful hairy chest <laughs> so for that quick minute yes minute of bliss for staff yeah, <laughs> yeah to say the least uh, but yeah this was one of my favorites of the night I, you just some I love when you do this. I just love it so much. I completely agree. I thought this was a like when AD gets this energetic and intense, it is her at her strongest. Yes. And just being so dramatic, I just love it. I eat it up. And I thought Kristen <laughs> did a great job in this sketch. Yeah, you're right. When AD gets over the top, it's just so fun. So and she just owns it. Yeah, yes. Love it. Yes. Much love to AD Bryant. 
Much, much love always to A.D. Bryant. Always, always. Yeah, this is and a great sketch to pick. This was top two for me. Nice. Yeah, and equally to Beck and yeah, everyone else that was in it, it was it was just a really well well done sketch. Mm-hmm. Color. I wanted to know, though, who is the father and how does the sister know? <laughs> but other than that, I was very satisfied. I feel like she doesn't have a lot going on, so she probably is pretty in their business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe right. following her. You're who, right. who knows? But maybe for next time. Maybe in the next sketch, in the follow-up. All right, are we ready for some news and gossip? Whoa. Loaded question. Yeah, loaded question because, wow, controversy has spiked yet again for our dear friend Michael Che. And I didn't know, I guess, last week people were upset about his joke about Caitlyn Jenner calling him transphobic once again and people and I I wanted to read part of this article from the advocate.com and it is was titled Michael Che doubles down on anti LGBTQ jokes in prison shower sex bit and I just want to read this to you guys because I'm trying to understand what I'm missing as a social justice warrior and then Amy I'd love if you weighed in as well uh huh okay Okay, so it starts. Rather than apologize for a transphobic joke he made about Caitlyn Jenner last week, Saturday Night Live Weekend Update co-host Michael Che thought it would be funny to double down on offensive stereotypes about LGBTQ people this week. During a rambling joke about Kanye West turning into an old white lady on Weekend Update in late October, um, Che called her fella, and then... On this one, Che began by saying the wildfires are threatening millions of avocados, that white women are devastated, the state is allowing nonviolent prisoners to help fight the wildfires, which is ridiculous because you definitely want to use the violent prisoners for that, right? If my house is on fire, don't send me the fellas in for tax fraud, send me somebody that's going to make the fire their bitch you know somebody that's really good with water because they spend all their time hanging out in the showers okay so we'll get into the ageist joke let's just cover this lg this anti-lgbtq joke (laughs) what did i miss that's what i i don't understand because i don't i don't find anything about that offensive there are Uh, straight men in jail screwing men in jail yeah. And they're not necessarily gay, and I think that's anti-gay to assume that they're gay for having sex with men in jail. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see if any... The issue that I think people are taking with it is just... <laughs> Breaking news report! Hard-hitting. Hard-hitting news here. I don't think anything's wrong with that joke. As someone who's an ally to that community, I don't find anything about that being offensive towards that community. It's, it's a joke about prisoners in the shower yeah and that's not <laughs> here's the thing i am i'm such an ally of the lgbtq plus community and of course i i'm not personally in this community so i can't say what is offensive or what's not but i am really trying to understand what would be so triggering about that when there are actually anti-lgbtq jokes being out there that are very explicitly talking about i think there's a difference between the sexual act of typically lgbtq community and the actual existence of lgbtq community members and this was about a sexual act not about members in the community yeah agreed so that's where i find fault with it yeah (laughs) thank you so much and moving on to another report against Michael Che. Mm. He has been now called 
ages. Dun, dun, dun. Um, on Weekend Update, he had a recent headline involving a woman in China who gave birth at 67 years old. Her, his joke was, the birth set a record for most friction. Which, this got a lot of groans in the audience. And and then he went on to give what he was going to say, but NBC wouldn't let him say. I thought the friction <laughs> one was actually the funniest of all three of them. And I am yet again... Trying to understand what was so ageist about that because realistically, doctors are telling women not to have kids past 40. I understand giving birth is different, especially if you're like, I know that there's a mother, there's mothers who have carried for their daughters um, because the daughter just couldn't carry the child and it's not their egg. So I, I don't know exactly the what happened with the six to seven year old woman, but I'm like, Come on! This is one of those moments where I feel like so often people take this time to say, I didn't think that joke was funny, so I'm going to make it sound... I'm going to say there was something wrong with it that offended me. If you don't think a joke's funny, that's fine. Even if you find it offensive, that's fine. You can't have that person stop telling jokes because you think they're being ageist when there's a joke about a 67-year-old woman having a baby. That's a headline that screams joke. (laughs) Yeah, I... Agreed. I don't know. I I really, like, don't like when... And we talk about this all the time. I don't like when our, like, you can't be funny in this PC culture. And I'm totally with that. Like, you can absolutely be funny in a PC culture without dragging other people yeah. and different representation. But I do think for these two specifically, I... I'm missing the really, really offensive part, I guess. Yeah, same. And I think we were talking a little bit before we went on air as well about the Caitlyn Jenner joke. Pot calling the kettle black here. (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner is against the trans community, is against the beliefs of her own community. Yeah, she's not an ally, (laughs) newsflash. So, and also there's a complete difference. Yet again, this is what, where we go wrong, and I'm always with my warriors, but this is where we go wrong, where we mistake the person for the principle that the person represents. The person, Caitlyn Jenner, is separate from being a trans woman completely. Caitlyn Jenner is still a very, very outspoken, like, quintessential white Republican. And that does not mean that she's not trans, and that doesn't take away from her trans orientation and and her being, like, a woman in this community with her still being a piece of shit sometimes. Preach! (laughs) Like, like, it's not... You can be a part of... You can be trans and still be an awful human. You're not awful because you're trans. It's probably the best quality about Caitlyn Jenner. It's her views. I think it's at the end of the day, people go after Michael Che because he does push boundaries where other people haven't always pushed them. Agreed. Update doesn't. Yeah, they go they go hard on political stuff a lot of times, and there's other, you know. But I think he takes more chances than a lot of anchors have in the past, and so I think he takes a lot of flack for it at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Agreed. He's not PG Jost. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jost, and that's why I think they're such a good duo, but there is a definitely a place and a need for Michael Che's voice on SNL, and I, I don't understand how... I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just a live audience, because all my friends love him. Yeah. Yeah, same. So that that wraps up this, this update. <laughs> Steph, preach. Thank you. I loved that. Thank so you. fiery, and I love it. Uh, did you have an MVP for this episode? Whoa. Yeah. 
Evie Bryant and the future of Charlie's Angels. Because <laughs> I heard it's awesome. <laughs> and I've heard that Kristen Stewart is phenomenal in it. Nice. And I hope that rumor is true. Yeah, I'm re- like you said. I just I like her as a human so much, so I'm I'm ready to see that. I got to go with 82. I think she just between the Calor sketch, Calor. And she just had a lot of really strong moments in this episode. So I'm with you, Steph. We are going to be off next week. Uh, November 16th is the next episode. Uh, uh, dual. We got Harry Styles and Harry Styles. I'm guests. curious. I'd like to see it. I think a, a lot of people worry. <laughs> We shall see. So we will be back that following Tuesday to break down that episode. In the meantime, Steph, where can we find you? Happy 5th of November, all my V for Vendetta fans, my anarchists out there like myself. I'll be out in the streets. You can find me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Steph Sabra. I'll obviously just be following behind Steph like a lost little puppy in the streets. We right at dawn! Let's go, guys. Or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Amy Maestri. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.